Holy shit, we're back. Finally, yes. It's been a minute. I have a quick question for you before we dive into things. What's up? It just came up just now. Do you wash your gym clothes after every workout? No, I generally wash the t-shirts after every workout, but my shorts have like a three-workout lifespan. Uh, yeah, probably like three. This was a trap question because I have to present you with something you need, you've started to smell. <laughs> just kidding. That's bullshit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I asked you because ever since we, um, we're doing this house swap with my friend, so we're gonna leave for LA in a couple weeks. Shout out to Gabby, she's a listener of the pod. Uh, and we're straightening up the house because in the summer I live as an outdoor cat. So the house gets gets a little messy. So we did a big overhaul of cleaning on Sunday and I'm trying to put all my clothes away as I wear them. And I folded, I did a quick little workout today and I folded my gym clothes and put them back in the dresser. It's funny that you say that you're, we're an outdoor, we're outdoor cats uh, during, the, <laughs> during the summer, but yet the two balconies that we have access to have not been used at all. Yeah, there are two private balconies that we just simply do not go out on. Like, like the chairs are all like on the on the ground. The the <laughs> the rugs are just like in the corner, just from weather from a few weeks ago. I'm we a just don't I am it. a spoiled brat, and I really don't like I don't like sitting on asphalt in the sun. And I don't like, like, I don't like to go to the park with a picnic blanket and lay in the sun. It's fun if you're with, like, more than one person, but, like, alone, I wouldn't sit out there. Like, I wouldn't sit on my phone on the porch. I did that once, remember? I was reading, this is funny, because I was reading the Molly Shannon memoir mm. out on that porch for, like, three hours. It was the, my base tan. It was right when I got back from Ireland. I didn't even know you did that. Yeah. It was, I got my my uh, first layer of color while I was reading the Molly Shannon memoir. It was very good. Yeah, so, yeah, Molly Shannon's not on my list, I will tell you that. Yeah, I don't think she's in mine either, and there's definitely a reoccurring uh, <laughs> guest. A reoccurring guest on mine and a reoccurring uh, long time okay, uh, star, yeah, I think, star on it. Yeah. I think we'll get into it. Guys... I thought I was such a smarty pants coming up with this topic, and Alex and I both it's are really having difficult. a lot of problems. It's difficult because I, it's a combination of like that I have a lot that I don't like, and I have a lot, or I have a, a lot that I do. Like it's weird yeah. because it's like most popular means generally like ones that I do I do like. I like the popular ones, you know. Like there's not yeah. like a gem in there that I found. Like the only one that I really like have not found on well it's it might be on YouTube but it wasn't it's it isn't pushed out by like SNL like their main site was this one with Tracy Morgan and he's this homeless guy and he said <laughs> I don't I don't I didn't watch it again so I don't know the whole thing but he's a homeless guy and he like he sings and I just remember him saying like uh doo doo pie like just singing hmm. a song like Take a doo doo pie. <laughs> was it a one time? A one it's a one off thing, but I don't. I just love that one, but like nobody remembers it. 
and it's not right. on SNL. Like, I don't know why they did that. Guys, just for a reminder, because we have been off for a little bit, this topic this week are the, our top 10 least favorite iconic SNL sketches. Well, they know so, they know it because they listened to the last Yeah, episode. but we, we haven't recorded in a little bit. We've it's been putting been, it off. We've been very busy. This has been two weeks, less than two weeks, and I'm still sick. I still have gunk in me. I don't. I don't normally have gunk in me, and I just have gunk. I don't know what the heck it is. Oh, I had gunk two. One more time. I have oh, two. Oh no! I like li- like I never I never get this sick, and I took two COVID tests negative. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it was. And I'm having the insane caffeine jitters the past like 48 hours. That so another <laughs> substance I apparently have to give up. We've. <laughs> <laughs> We had so much caffeine, but then we were trying to offset it with some hemp drink. So we have to, it's just a balance, balancing act of drinking some coffee, drinking the the Celsius. I'm eating a block of feta cheese over here. I just, uh, but we did, we did discover the hemp drinks at our favorite local spot in Asbury that as a non-alcohol drink, they have the CBD seltzers on the menu. It's pretty calming. Yeah. It's not just psychosomatic. I think it actually like calms calms you. I drank a lot nice. of them while I was cleaning the first, while I was doing part one of cleaning ground zero, our apartment on Sunday. So that kind of zenned me out a little bit. Cause that's definitely like house cleaning is definitely when I would like put away like a 12 pack of beer. And we're only doing that so that we are doing that the the uh, LA swap the LA uh, mm-hmm. house swap which we'll do an episode in LA. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to be cute and do like an LA themed thing? I think it would be cool. Okay. But that's my is that my next one unless there I mean that'll be yours because I'm sure we'll have one right before. Yeah, that. I think so. We can't go 2 weeks this time. <laughs> no, we can't. We got yeah. this one oh, we'll get into it. It's been hard. I think it's been giving me anxiety and jitters. I was working on it while I was out the place that shall not be named yesterday. I still kind of vote that we just cut it to five. No, 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 because my top five are good, and these are kind of like, we'll, we'll next, get through it. We'll trudge next through Next episode, it. yeah, we'll slog through it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of, hi, everybody, this is the Slog Cast. This is the Slog Cast. I'm Maeve Alice Kinnar. I'm Alexander Benjamin Chittister. <laughs> hey, Allie. Um, yeah, but we're doing the house swap funny i'm really really bad at putting two and two together it's four i thank you (laughs) um but i'm trying to get better by i work really well with hard copy so writing things on an actual hard copy calendar but we were planning to do this house swap and then i real i was looking at the dates and i realized it was my mom's 70th birthday while we were gone and when we get back, it would have been her 45th wedding anniversary with my dad. So it's a pretty big year. So my dear angel of a boyfriend over here, Alex, I told him about this and I said, you know what? I think we'll just have to cancel the LA trip. I can't have my mom not celebrate her third, her 30th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> we, just cel- we just celebrated uh, some other dude's 30th yeah. birthday. That's why it's on your brain. We we celebrated Nick and Vin's Dirty 30 this past weekend, which was a lot of of fun. I hate that saying. I say it only because it's from my favorite movie. What? Dirty 30. World According to Garp. 
Oh, is he's it? He's like dirty thirty. Yeah, remember oh, that? I don't remember the that. The car scene when he picks up the. Yeah, the uh, what is it? The, the caretaker, like the girl that takes care of his kids, the babysitter. (laughs) (laughs) That is the word, the babysitter. Yeah. Oh, when he cheats on his wife. Yeah. 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 Spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so my angel of a boyfriend said, "Don't cancel the trip. Let's." see if your mom wants to come with us and of course she wants to my mom's a traveler she I was like listen I was maybe gonna throw you a surprise birthday party and she's very happy that that didn't happen so I think it would be fine I mean if we're there for a week like I mean we we would have had fun together but like that would have been really bad if it was her birthday we went you know no that would be awful Ultimately, it'll be cheaper, maybe. I don't know. It's her birthday. She's not opening that wallet up once, Alex. No, I'm saying, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, like, you're saying the party was going to be about no, twenty no, to $30,000? No, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. We were going we to get, gonna get her Chippendale dancers. Oh, yeah, and that's ten grand flat. Yeah. yeah. Because I, oh, they're both past. Chris Farley and Patrick Swayze, speaking of SNL and Chippendales. That's not on the list. That's a great sketch. Okay. Well, uh... Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's just get into this mess of a... I just wanted to report that I I won... On another sister, oh, yeah, a yeah, yeah, sister yeah. podcast. A sister, yeah. A podcast that is doing just as well as this one. <laughs> <laughs> good for that. You know, good I for know, them. I know, good for them. <laughs> on office hours, I just decided to go on their Zoom because they do that. He talks to uh, people on the Zoom, and okay. they just picked, they picked me because we were doing, they were doing a contest for tickets because his tickets were going for like 160, 175 bucks. Yeah. Uh, each and I was like, I don't want. To. I mean, I already we we saw them in March, so I was like, why are there so many bandwagon fans right now going the whole week? It's like literally Monday through. Well, no, I think he started Sunday, so he's doing Sunday through Friday. And they're all going for like a hundred and something bucks. I paid thirty bucks the last time we went in March, and it was great. But I think it's because his new album came out. And it's really. It's good, but I, I didn't I realize didn't, like what a fan base he has. Well, he as in like Tim and Eric. It's like a, it's like an absorbing like fan base of like Adult Swim, Tim and Eric, and then his you know and you know some people are coming in because of like his music too. So honestly, I, I just knew him as Maya Rudolph's husband in Bridesmaids. Really, that's it. That's it. He didn't do anything. Man. And that's how I found out that my friend Will. Shout out to Will. Uh, listener of the pod because uh, we we were I think we saw that movie and he was like oh I loved him I can't believe he just has this part yeah he just has a small part in it he's just kind of like a dick it comes back to it. SNL every conversation yeah I mean, yeah, a little bit but anyway you won tickets yeah I won tickets because <laughs> in the chat there was like a, there was a competition where this guy named Fart Simpson was putting on two songs at the same time and the theme was that he was mashing up the song and you had to guess the two bands but those two bands names matched matched up so this one was there were two bands that I knew but I didn't really like know their discography really and I didn't know the, those two songs at all but it was the band at the drive-in and in excess mm. so it was oh, at yeah. the drive-in excess so it had to like mash up like that 
but in the chat people were already typing it and then I typed it in and there and then like producer Matt was just like oh Alex in Brooklyn I was like oh shit I didn't your, think word, I your words per minute are that good huh? <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I don't know what to say. And then, like, Fred Armisen, like, was there, and I wanted to talk to him. I was like... He is on the list. Oh, well, I'm sure, yeah. Whatever, <laughs> it's fine. On your list, not mine. But he, uh... He, like, I didn't get to talk to him. I wanted to talk to him about the Wilco documentary and how he was on it as this interesting character. It was, like, him interviewing the band while they were making the album, and like nobody talks but about that. But as Fred, or it was it was Fred playing a like a Hispanic like interviewer that didn't really understand Wilco's music. So there's kind of like a, a like a, a disconnect, I guess. But like nobody talks about that, and that that like it's not streaming at all. Like I had to like download mm. that illegally. I couldn't find that. Like I I remember having the DVD. I just can't find that DVD. I just wanted to ask him about it. But like when you get like on and stage fright and you're like uh yeah and I just like point back to like look they have a poster <laughs> like <laughs> dude I got stage fright just recording this thing well yeah but it's a lot easier because we're no, right next to each other and this is ours it's not like you know Tim is coming no, in on hours I or, but I got a little nice little reaction from Fred Armisen he was like oh like <laughs> when, it's a nice when I pointed at the poster because your brother framed it. That was like my theme. I was like, I'm going to show you. Look. <laughs> but anyway, I know. Yeah. Next time I'll go on there and I'll be, I'll just drink a lot of this uh, calming It's uh, working. I'm a, little, I'm a little more zen now. Um, do you know that the reason that Fred Armisen and Natasha Leone broke up is because she wanted a pool in the backyard? Uh, that's the re- reason they're giving. That's not true. <laughs> that's probably, also, I mean, they're just trolling, I think. They well, just he, didn't. Elizabeth Moss said that it was the worst time in her life being married to him. How long were they married? I think months. I think he's. She's a Scientologist, though, so. No, but she's, yeah, that's, I think that's worse. He's just a, he's just like a. He's just like a probably narcissist. a self centered, yeah, comedian. I. Yeah. I feel like he even he was a little off even in the in the podcast he was just kind of maybe tired or something but like I I feel like he's just such a he's so beholden to the craft of comedy that like maybe it just like got tiring after a while and he's such a I think his narcissism probably like just came through and he just didn't give a shit about her anymore and I don't I don't know who knows with relationships but everybody else knows with ours so <laughs> Wait who did <laughs> Who played Elizabeth Moss's husband in Us? Uh, Tim Heidecker. Did he? Yes, yes, I knew there was a come around. Yes. (laughs) And that wasn't even a setup. I knew it was someone that I had just discovered and, like, started to know because I know Tim because of you. Wow, the circles, man. The circles. That was his, that's his biggest role in a movie yet. There's a new movie coming out that he made in Italy that like looks really good. Aubrey Plaza and him, her Plaza. husband. Her husband is the director who's who also did like 
another one with with Aubrey and other I, f- I forget what it's called, but it's uh it's about to come out and it looks really good. It's it looks it's not an A twenty four movie, but it looks. Like <laughs> I guess we can movie. watch it then. Oh no, we're exclusive A twenty four. We're pigeonholing ourselves in A twenty four, which is fine because they have a lot of variety. But it's still, we gotta we gotta branch out to, well, fo- to focus features and other focus. And yes, um, <laughs> searchlight. Searchlight. Yeah. Yeah, uh, searchlight. Yeah. Uh, update: We did see bodies, bodies, bodies. We mentioned that on the pod. It was good. It was good. It was worth. The ending was worth it. Yeah, it didn't like. It wasn't <gasps> nope. It wasn't nope. Oh, mm. did we talk nope about is, nope? Yes, we did. We did and talk about it, yeah, our review was a little it, unclear. Like, but the more I think about it, I think nope. No, nope. Um, nope. I feel bad because I love Jordan Peele. Did you see the controversy surrounding bodies, bodies, bodies? With no, the New York it? Times reviewer and the lead actress, Amanda Sternberg. I forget her last name, but the lead girl in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. What? So the reviewer from New York Times said, like, gave the acting good reviews, gave the movie, like, a so-so review, and they said it was definitely a movie to put the girl's tits on display. She really? said it a little bit better. Really? The first scene when the girl from Shiva Baby comes out of the pool. She's just jiggling her boobs in front of the camera. Wait, girl from Shiva Baby? Yeah, the Esther. She, I think she played Esther in the movie. Wait. The one who has a podcast. Oh, uh, wait. Oh, yeah. Eh, I anyway. Know. I didn't that's, notice that. I think, I mean, they're young. They're supposed to kind of be young and sexy. Sure, I that's guess. not like, the controversy. The weirdest thing was that Lee Pace, you said, is gay. He is. He's married and has a baby with a man. I had no idea. He I did, know. He doesn't He's c- such a smoke show in that movie. He doesn't come off like that at all. Even like listen to him on How Long Gone. Acting. And I didn't I didn't get that. I didn't even get that like not when he wasn't acting. I know. Oh, I think in Pushing Daisies. Did you watch Pushing Daisies? No. Anyway. So let me, so the controversy is the Amanda, the actress, direct messaged the New York Times reviewer on Instagram saying, maybe if you weren't too, who, they're both lesbians. She said, maybe if you're, you weren't too busy staring at my tits, you could have enjoyed the movie. Hmm. So then the reviewer comes out and does this like face first video saying like, this is homophobic, blah, blah, blah. It was like very serious. And I was like, it feels like it's an extension of this movie because this movie addresses and kind of addresses that kind of stuff, or, where it's it's like you're overreacting to very yeah. cur- current like microaggressions. You know? Yeah, and this reviewer, she was like in a dark room and she was very serious. She's like, I don't usually do this, but I thought this needed to be addressed, and it's like, oh my god, calm yourself. I think it's a calm your tits. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you want to jump into it? Yeah, let me just ask, did you grow up watching SNL like every Saturday? Mostly, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, my earliest uh, yeah, the earliest like like memories of them were was pretty early. It was the uh, the the Farley era. Yeah. Oh, that early, huh? Pretty early, yeah. I, wow. I mean, we were there. It was like when I was a kid and I lit, I watched it, but I didn't like understand everything. But right. Like, but I definitely watched it when Wayne's World was a thing, and that really? was pretty that's early. Really? That's early. That's early. That's a lot earlier. I was born than in '86. I'm old. I just turned 36. <laughs> um, you're only four years older than me. See, I came up in the Will Ferrell 
uh, oh, that too. Molly Shannon, that was, that Anna Gasteyer, Sherry mm-hmm. O'Terry. That's like when I started watching it. I mean, my parents always did. My parents weren't big into the 80s comedy era, like the Adam Sandlers, the Chris Farleys. That's not 80s. What is that, early 90s? Yeah, 92. Okay, that's when they fell off a little. The 80s fell off. The 90s didn't fall off. Well, the middle of the 90s maybe fell off a bit, but not really. It picked picked that back up pretty well with uh, Will Ferrell, Sherry O'Terry, Chris Kattan. No babies. No babies. (laughs) (laughs) Anna Gasteyer, who was once my neighbor, and I saw her all the time in Dumbo. She's a very nice person. Yeah. So, yeah, it was definitely a family thing. Uh, I think I was watching it when we found... I was, think I was watching it with my dad when we found out that Princess Di died. Oh, wow, yeah. Like, it was a news break in I it. remember that moment pretty vividly. My friend Tyler and I, we were doing, like, a camping thing, but we didn't want to be outside, so we went into my dad's Sea Ray... <laughs> like cubby cubby or whatever they call it like cabin okay and we had like a little tv bed? yeah no no it was like ca- it was like a 32 foot sea ray oh, out a on the boat. lake in the boat yeah sorry yeah and <laughs> we had a little tv in there and that was the night that princess diana died and we were watching tv when that happened it was very Shit. it was like so vivid yeah i remember yeah. that yeah. now january 6th of this place i'll always remember where i was yeah. okay anyway so that was your experience mine do you have any honorable mentions? I don't. That's, I know. that's how hard this was. Yeah. I know, me too. I will, you know what? I discovered while doing this, one of mine can't just be Amy Poehler. I mean, I. <laughs> you can say least favorite. It would have been okay to do like least favorite cast members because we could have gone through maybe a lot of their different sketches. I know, maybe. Yeah. You know, we're still learning. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's okay. We can learn while yeah, we, of course. we flesh it out. Alex yeah. is having stress that a lot of ours are going to overlap, and I don't think so. I guess, yeah. I mean, you already mentioned one of mine, so I mean, oh. it, it isn't <laughs> overlapping. Um, but I tried to fit it in, like, Amy Poehler on Weekend Update, but my reasoning can't just be, I don't like her. So... <laughs> And I like Amy Poehler, so whatever. She has this effect of, like, I feel like she, when she performs, she's performing out of her body, looking down on herself and being like, oh, I'm so funny. That's kind of most SNL kind of people. <laughs> like, really, it's... I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, like, Pete Davidson is the epitome of that. It's like, look how laid back I am. Look how much, how little With I can do. With a sprinkling of BDE in there. Whatever. Look how little I can do <laughs> I and still be I'm, on this thing. To where no, I'm to not the on the Pete Davidson train, people. The point where he like I'm criticizing him and I still like him. Yeah, that's weird. It's weird. But he's like, self-deprecating. Where I feel like yeah. Amy Poehler doesn't have that in her. Maybe. I know. She this does. Is, I mean, she does I'm a little bit. I'm not saying this is justified. If at you watched all. Parks and Rec, you would see her de- self-deprecation. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch that? No. At all? No, not one episode. I think I watched every episode. Really? Oh, I'm God. Sure. That, that Chris guy is on that show. Do you know who uh, Who had a guest uh, appearance on that show? Who? Jeff Tweedy. Oh, really? And he sang a song on it. One of the last episodes, because Nick Offerman is a huge Wilco fan. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. 
Yeah, cool. I've I've not seen one episode. But of I that. don't want to go back to it at all because I hate Chris Pratt so much. I know. <laughs> because, oh like, my god. I don't want to see him being funny because he actually was funny in that, and just like the funny just got drained out of him. Jesus took it back. Jesus took it. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Oh that. god, and he's uh, now in the Kennedy family. Schwarzenegger just... Kennedy family. Yeah. He's not funny at all. But I mean, he's not supposed to be now. Well, but yet he's he is supposed to be funny. In what's it called? That the other the Marvel movie. What is it called? Oh, the Galaxy one. Yeah, Galaxy Quest. No. No, <laughs> Warriors of the Galaxy. No. Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Groot. Groot. <laughs> Grooty. Yeah. Yeah. Who Baby Yoda, played by Kyle Mooney. But on he is SNL supposed to be. Is always he against. is. Not. I mean, he's not that funny on that. I guess. But he's trying hard to be funny oh, on that. God. But, no, that guy is the complete first garbage. Was, first one was pretty good. Anyway. Alright, I have one on, I have one honorable mention, but it doesn't really count because it's not iconic. And when I was doing putting it on the list, I was like, this isn't iconic because no one liked it. What? Jim Carrey as Joe Biden. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, it was only for a few months. It was from it was leading up to the election. Uh, September to December of 2020. I think he was just doing them a favor because nobody else could do him, really. I don't know, but this is a good quote from Vanity Fair. Maybe he's too physical a performer or too needy a showman to capture the flap jack earnestness of the former VP. <laughs> listen, I here, mean, listen here, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> but so Woody Harrelson played him senile, right, on SNL. Jason Sudeikis played him when he was VP, when he was Cool Joe, and played him as, like, the high, like, aviator, silver fox, cool guy, Um, which wouldn't make sense because the whole joke is that he's... Not as much now because he's no no. longer cool. But when they made him, when Jim Carrey played the fly that was on Pence's head in the debates, Mm -hmm. that was cringe to the next level. So that's not even on my list... It was going to be, but I just thought I'd mention it. Okay. All right. Should Didn't I go first it, so or next. should you? You go first. Okay. Wait. Should I go first? I guess. I should go first. Yeah. Uh, this one, yeah, it'll it'll be the first of two uh, of these this guest star, and it's and I'm not saying this guest star his body of work is bad at all. Like I love him in tons of movies. So it's a host. The host, yeah. Okay. And I have a host this, too on mine. This sketch uh, kind of bumped it back up. It felt like this season in particular, like 2016, was like just really not good. And I think that it, this one bumped it back up. Maybe it wasn't 2016, I think. Yeah, it was 2016. Um, and it brought it back up, but only just because of how ridiculous it is. And I like ridiculous humor, but it was not ridiculous enough. It was really, really, really corny to me. Uh, but it was the Haunted Elevator <gasps> featuring David uh, S. Pumpkin. I love that sketch! <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. How I did just, this make your list? I just don't, I just think it's like trying too hard to not try hard enough. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, you understand that balance of like, 
It's like, oh, we just made up this dumb thing, and it's like, it's now it's a viral sensation of like Tom Hanks being a, a Halloween guy, like on a on a haunted like elevator thing, and just like just purposefully not being funny. It's like, what what is that? Where is that from? What's the reference from? It's just too. There's too many layers to where it just like it be it just turns. To, into not funny for me. I don't, right. I don't know why. But Mikey yet, I Day get is it. dancing as I the get, skeleton is very good. I get why it is funny to people. That I can say that because like you, you say with Amy Poehler is like yeah, just totally oh, yeah. irredeemable. Everything about her, I love her in a lot of stuff. Of course, like she's done some bad things. I just feel like this is so like a, such a wink to itself with mm-hmm. SNL that it's just like I don't. It's overrated I don't, I don't for care. sure. I just don't care. I yeah. liked it's. I just thought about this. That sketch would not have become what it was if it w- didn't happen during the internet era. No, of course. Or yeah. the viral era, rather. Yeah. Well, we, I think it was... If there were other good sketches that season, that would have been buried. Who were the main players during that season? Uh, like Beck, Beck Bennett. Beck Bennett and... Um, was it uh, Bobby Moynihan and Mikey Day? Were the oh, two, Bobby like, Moynihan was still Bobby on Moynihan. it. Yeah, he's great. Have you seen? <laughs> have you seen Bobby Moynihan's sketch with um, James Bond? What the heck is his name? Daniel Craig. Uh, they're in a space station, and everybody else is like, kind of like talking, reminiscing about like their time on on Earth. And then Bobby Moynihan is up in the corner in the window. He's like, I miss my kitty cat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, uh, okay. Like, <laughs> and who can forget Drunk Uncle? Truly one of the oh, best Drunk weekend Uncle's update so characters. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby Moynihan's underrated. Like, he's I know, so good. He was in that Ted Danson show, I think, when he wanted to that man Ted dance in books yeah he does uh, the government when or mayor Mr. Mayor, mayor yeah Mr. Mayor yeah but he's another stuff I, I, I hope Bobby Moynihan keeps doing it he's good he's really good I, I wish he he was the guy that's been on the on the show for like 15 years and not Keenan Thompson <gasps> no Keenan uh, Packnar shout out to my mom her uh, favorite okay, human well, alive I'm be pissing people off today. <laughs> <laughs> favorite, I did briefly when I was locking Addie in the bedroom when I walked back, I saw Keenan on your computer screen, and in my head, I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. no. yeah. um, Actually, brings me to my number 10 with Keenan. Yeah, Doesn't have to do with him. Number 10, the Barry Gibb talk show. Okay. Do you remember this one? I do. Barry Gibb talk show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, is it because Fallon and, and oh, my Timberlake favorite like, human. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, let, let me just warn you, we'll be hearing about JT a lot in this episode. <laughs> um, well, yes, of course. So I didn't realize. So just refresher, the Gary B- Gibb talk show, the, the Barry Gibb talk show uh, aired from 2003 to 2013. It, the original in 2003 was the one time that it aired when Jimmy Fallon was actually a cast member. The rest of the time, it was when Justin Timberlake hosted and he came in as a cameo. That seems to happen, like, a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot. The way that network bends backwards for Justin Timberlake. Not even... And Fallon. And Fallon. But, like, even uh, the other cast members just kind of, like, carry things. But anyway. Yeah. So, it was just 
Jimmy Fallon's impersonation of the Bee Gees with the brother Robin, played by JT. Uh, it definitely had the fizzle out effect. I mean, just like the same joke over and over in his impression. Just the Whereas way they're talking. If yeah. I want to see a talk show with music in a sketch, I want to see what's up with that? What's up with that? The BET talk show with Kenan Thompson where uh, I think his character's name is Dondre Cole. <laughs> is this on your list? <laughs> and it's also Jason Sudeikis and Fred Armisen. What number is it on yours? <laughs> is it the next one? <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just get into <clears throat> We can just, I love that sketch. It's so funny to me. And if I'm seeing like a variety talk show with music, I want to see that over the Barry Gibb talk show. Anyway, mm. the Barry Gibb talk show was created by Steve Higgins and uh, Ken Scarborough. Just uh, do you mean just do on, number nine? Yeah, just based on Fallon's <laughs> uh, impersonation. <laughs> Guys, number ten is on the list because I don't like Fallon and JT. Do you want me to just tell you why I don't like that one? Yeah. Like a, and it, because it's it's a reoccurring sketch that is just the most lazy sketch. <laughs> I, I I understand that it's lazy on purpose, but it's a similar thing to the 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 pumpkins, like David S. Pumpkins, to where like SNL feels like it can do anything, throw shit at the wall, and then think it's funny, or then make you think it's funny. You know, like, it just feels like it's, it's a variety show that's playing on, like, a 70s thing. And the whole, his his whole shtick is just that he's interrupting the people there. Like, he's just interrupting them and then going back into the song. See, then, that's like, what I feel Sude- about the Barry Gibb. Sudeikis is dancing in the, in the uh, red suit. Yeah, bringing it oh, back. Bringing it back. <laughs> the red Adidas suit, just like the Royal, Royal Tenenbaums and Fred Armisen's playing the sax, I think. Yeah, like Ken, uh, sax or clarinet, because he was like a Kenny G type. Kenny G, like, yeah. And, and then <laughs> then uh, Bill Hader is playing Lindsey Buckingham, <laughs> and he's in every single one of them, but he doesn't talk. Right. I don't know why, because Lindsey Buckingham talks a lot. Right. I don't understand why he chose that. It's like he, people now know Lindsey Buckingham as being like a guy that doesn't talk now because they don't really like. I mean, kids, I guess they right. just know him from that. But they've done that for twelve years. They did one from last I year. I know. I was just going to mention it when Sudeikis was hosting. Yeah, with uh, what's his name from Dune and Star Wars? Uh, Oscar. Oh no. Oscar Isaac was in yes. that one. And then they brought them back. They brought Sudeikis and all that back. But it's just another thing where I feel like it's another Kenan Thompson lazy trope. Kenan Thompson is just like the most milk, to me, is the most milk toast, funny enough, like, comedian. Like, he's funny enough to stay on the show, not funny enough to leave the show. And I think he kind of knows that too but I just don't I don't find him like funny enough like he's not he's not pushing it forward please promise me to still be nice to Alex after this it doesn't mean I hate him it doesn't it really does not mean I hate him I think he is a good like centerpiece but like it's been too long I know and honestly I think there's a lot of nostalgia center he gets far on nostalgia he gets far on nostalgia of his own stuff like well, also because he was, long. I mean, and because of all that, he, and he, he, Good Burger, yeah. and all of that. But it feels like he is a product of, 
how heavyweights like, nebulous these past 20 years have been in in like culture like shift of like comedy and all of that and how it they don't really it doesn't really have a, de- a definition to where like you can mm-hmm. if if there was a sketch from 1970 and then 1982 you could totally tell the difference in an, in an SNL thing Wait, SNL started in 76, right? Yeah, so never mind. 76 and then 88. Total huge difference. But, like, if you saw something from 2010 and then now, I don't think so. Like, 2010 and then 2022, you could maybe tell just by the people there and how old they were. But you couldn't really tell that it was like a different, totally different era of like SNL. I think you're right when you call him when you call him yeah. milk toast because he does ride the line of not really offending. Although Black Jeopardy recently was good, but is that on your list? Oh my God, the hot topics I keep on <laughs> it pressing. I will say I do love. One of the creepiest characters is Keenan Thompson as Willie on Weekend Update. He's the um, he's Michael Che's neighbor in his building, and he's that is, just yeah, the creepy Willie. Like my dog, my dog's been in the freezer and all that. Yeah. Uh, okay, you next. Okay, that was your that, <laughs> that was, was your ten, whole, right? The whole Keenan rant. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling, by the way you're looking at me, he's going to pop up again. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm a, I'll have well, another next, pop up. Well, the one where he pops up again, it isn't him that, that is the bad okay. thing at gotcha. all. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, number nine for me is definitely my oldest on the whole list. From uh, the originating year. So this character was on from 75 to 79. Ooh. Oh. I almost put the Blues Brothers on here, but I did not. But To be it's... nice to me. <laughs> no, just because, you know, I really, I want to talk on these subjects. So I do do the one, this is the oldest, the rest are ones that I grew up with. But this one is Samurai Fatuba. Oh, yeah. John Belushi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... The character is basically putting this very racist spin of a Japanese samurai into different jobs. Mm. So he has his, what is it called? A katana? The Mm. sword? He has his katana. He has his um, hair in the samurai bun. He speaks faux Japanese throughout the entire thing. I mean, so he's not ever speaking anything that we understand. It's all gibberish. And it's just him, Samurai, as uh, a bellman, Samurai at the dry cleaner, Samurai at the jeweler. Um, so it's it would never fly now. I've no, watched yeah, I watched yeah. so many. I remember this from uh, reruns when I was little, and that's really what derailed a lot of my list topics because I remember. Some of the some sketches not being funny, and I rewatch them, and I'm like laughing, and I'm like, "Ugh, this can't make the list." <laughs> um, <laughs> well, man, that's sure. a shout out to Mr. Peepers by Chris Kattan. I was like, "He's just a monkey man," and I saw a sketch today, and I was like, "Oh <laughs> my god, this is too good." <laughs> um, oh, so this just wasn't funny ever. Mm. Um, 
So most of the sketches were done when Buck Henry. Do you know who Buck Henry is? Yeah. He's like an actor, writer, director. He's uh, he's been in so many things. Uh, he hosted SNL ten times in the beginning years. Wow. So whenever he, I know that's like a surprise one. Like Candace Bergen is yeah, like one Candace of the. Bergen. She always shows hosts. up for the five times. Yes, clubs. with the smoking jacket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think she was on this this year. Uh, but whenever he hosted, he played the straight man for the sketch. And uh, one of the sketches in October of 76, he actually, Buck Henry, the Catan, hit, uh, cut open his forehead in the sketch. Oh, shit. And then for the rest of the episode, he had to do every sketch with a huge bandage on his forehead. And then the rest of the cast during a commercial break put the bandages on their foreheads oh, too. Wow. So the whole show, they were all wearing these bandages. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is based on a uh, Toshiro Mifune, uh, who put, portrayed a samurai in Yojimbo based on that it's just this is the quintessential oh buck uh buck henry was in the robert altman movie shortcuts such a great movie we have to watch that Hmm. also nashville um this is the quintessential sketch that fizzles out like there's one joke he's a samurai in a modern time doing a job speaks gibberish that's it so then it goes on for four minutes and it's like wow <laughs> it's really hard to watch if you rewatch the Four sketches. minutes, though. That's a oh, lot. God. Yeah. But I thought it was, I do remember the whole cast wearing the band. Like Gilda Radner, I remember seeing her with the bandage on her head. Yeah. And it's because of that. At least it has that iconic moment. Okay. But that's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand why that's not that funny. Yeah. And it shows, like, difference in, like, the general public's what they find funny. Yes. So I, we have to take that into consideration. For sure. That's why there aren't now. a lot of older ones well, on here. My, well, my last two are older ones, but you'll okay. have to see. Yeah. But this one Your number uh, nine. is still new. Number eight is still new. Oh, number eight. Sorry. It's from the same uh, same season as uh, David S. Pumpkins and the same host. Same episode, I think. Maybe. It might have been a different episode. Is it episode. Black Jeopardy? It's the it's just one episode of Black Jeopardy because okay. I because overall I liked Black Jeopardy because it was like it was showing like like black stereotypes to from black people it was just yeah. like it was Leslie, for like did you like Leslie Jones were you and Leslie, Leslie Jones is yeah. great I love Leslie Jones I miss her she's so funny and the other other, other black girl Nwodum yes. is like not funny but she's fine she's fine her stand up is good yeah she's okay but yeah. like but but Leslie Jones is the shit she's so funny but when it was like 2016 during like the the elections and I think it was like right after even like Trump was on maybe oh god yeah like well I, it was October because it was a Halloween episode <coughs> so it'd be like a month yeah month after but it was around that it was mm-hmm. around that it was like there was a lot of tension I understand the sentiment of them put, like trying to be like let's put on a stereotype because we're doing stereotypes in Black Jeopardy we should put a stereotype of, of a Trump supporter like white guy on there and mm-hmm. and Tom Hanks <laughs> plays him like and, they're all idiots yeah like they're all idiots but it like this is complicated because I understand 
like politically we like we divide like hell and demonize each other but i felt like in this moment humanizing like a, ra- a racist dude essentially like oh. he's he never really he, he it was so obvious that they were cuz at the very end at the very end of the sketch uh, it says like it was about black uh, i think i think this, the category was black people i forget what it was and it just says these lives matter and there's like oh i have a lot to say about that and it's like oh we know you do <laughs> like yeah <laughs> yeah Thompson. but it was so it, it was basically saying that he's that he's a racist and it's a humanizing racist people as being like other black people to where it's like i understand mm. there's their sentiment their sentiment was caught as in like we need to humanize everybody because we're all essentially the same because it's showing that it's like it's like oh i like big women it's like black you know big women and stuff like that it's like oh yeah. look and the conspiracy stuff which i understand why they were like yeah also like a lot of black people you know enjoy and or like you know fish in conspiracy type stuff and so do maga type people yeah but i don't i think highlighting that is just not the way to go I feel like highlighting that is kind of perpetuating and it and it has now it's literally 2016 and there's just even more conspiracy theory yeah. now well I six bet, years later I bet their angle is that it's like uniting people it was attempting to yeah but what is SNL SNL is for liberals Oh, you know, believe me, it's not on this episode, nobody, but like, don't get me stuck. I don't want to bring it up, but we will be talking about this in the next episode because my number five is yeah. but SNL, is, SNL is not watched by like my you know my dad's side of the family. <laughs> like, <it's> a, <laughs> Shout out to dad's side, <laughs> <laughs> or some of them, some of them, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, just the ones that like that it, where it doesn't align with their political. No, I know. I mean, uh, come on, the SNL Sometimes. has always had an agenda. But I get I never looked at that sketch the way that you're you looked at it before yeah. and that you're right. I mean It's just humanizing them. It's just like I've seen Well it's like when when speaking of SNL, when Trump went on to Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Fallon's making him a cute teddy bear with funny hair. Yeah, I guess so. You know? Yeah. Just like Well yeah, I mean yeah, like yeah, like tussling his hair. Yeah. Tussling yeah, and stuff like that. Humanizing has been seen to not help at all, mm. really. Like, it's like, but demonizing doesn't either. It's like a weird middle ground to where it's like fully humanizing is, is bringing people over to it because it's like, oh, they're not so bad. But then with a, that MAGA supporter, he essentially at the very end was still racist. Yeah. No yeah. matter how much you have in common, their opinion is that they think they're better. They think that that like yeah. the white race is, is like superior. So, what, what? Who gives a shit if you have anything in common, really? Right. It's true. I just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. My yeah. number eight is it's not <laughs> nearly as serious. <laughs> it's Gilly. Oh my god. <laughs> now I love Kristen Wiig so much. I love her. <laughs> Gilly is I one of Gilly. the most god awful sketches. Gilly. I have, gosh, yes, and I know you love Will Forte. Gilly. 
Will Forte is making a big appearance later. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Damn, so Gilly ran from 2009 to 2012. She was a mischievous elementary school student with frizzy hair and a bow and buck teeth. And she did things to the principal, <laughs> Will Forte, just like throwing balls and all of this. And there Gilly. was always Bobby Moynihan and Keenan Thompson, Gilly. the other students. And then... They didn't do it because Keenan was usually in a cast. And then it goes, Gilly. Gilly. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That was the whole sketch. Yeah. Um, I know. My, my complaint of little, like, the things repeating that it's trying. Another not trying fizzle enough. out. Yeah. But. Um, it I was just, created mm. by Christian Wig and Paula Pell, who is an all-star. Paula Pell is an SNL writer who created the Spartan cheerleaders. She created the uh, the Culps, I think they were, the couple with Will Ferrell and Anna Gasteyer who would sing like this, like sing like top 40 songs in opera. She created all those characters. She is, she is so fucking good. She created this character with Kristen Wiig because they were writing another sketch and Kristen Wiig kept on messing up or something and she kept on going, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the whole character. Yeah. And some she time, appeared some, a lot. It's, it's pretty iconic to me. She appeared yeah. with Drew Barrymore, Rosario Dawson, Zac Efron when they hosted. But me, I'm a big Target lady fan. So like Target. Target. Yeah. <laughs> There's little shoes you can put in the corner and paint a little kid in. It's like a little kid is standing in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) God. Uh, Edit that out. (laughs) Cut that. (laughs) Cut that. Um, Yeah, so I just thought out of... She had so many fantastic characters that that one is... I get it, but it's still, like, iconic to me. Just because of the era, I think, for me. You know, it's a sentimental You know who I liked? I think she only did it once. Kristen Wiig was, like, it was an office sketch, and she was the hot office girl. Like, so sexy, all the guys wanted to get with her. And any time that something sexy was supposed to be done, like blowing out the candles on a cake or, like, bending over, she made it, like, truly grotesque. And they were like, ew, stop! (laughs) I think that character was only once, and that was such a good character. That probably would have been funnier, yeah. 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 Anyway, so that's my number eight. Number eight, okay. Well, number seven really hurts my heart uh, to, to not like... Because I lived in Chicago for four years, and I went to this place a few times. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. I don't know if you're going to know what I'm going to say. Okay. I don't think you know. I don't think you know. No, but the I went with my parents. I went with friends uh, to the Billy Goat uh, Tavern, which this sketch is based on. Hmm. So it's uh, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, and Bill Murray behind the counter in uh, Cheeseburger, Cheeseburger, Cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, you know what? I was thinking, at first I was thinking of the, no, I was thinking of the bears, I think. Oh, no, I would never, no. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. That. No, that's okay. funny as hell. And like, then at know? first I was thinking of the Boston couple, so my brain isn't totally working. The Jimmy yeah, Fallon, oh. Rachel Dratch, Boston couple. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's Boston, not Chicago. Okay, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> a different place. <laughs> like, a different baseball team. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
So like I I feel bad that I don't like this one because it's this so is an oldie. It's iconic. It's a similar trope to the samurai guy, to where it's like John Belushi being ridiculous and doing it over and over again. Mm-hmm. To where at the time, I think was like it was funny because it was just so it was ridiculous. In this one, I've like even though like I love I they probably he probably they all went down I'm sure while he was at the second city went down to the Billy Goat Tavern. The owner is from some you know Eastern Bloc country, and maybe doesn't understand English. But that's like it. That's all, that's all it's based on. Yeah, is their lack of understanding of the people coming in and, at, and ordering stuff. And they're just like, oh, no, cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. And then, like, the guy comes up um, and orders, like, what? He's like, oh, I'll order a steak or some, something. It just sort of mm-hmm. orders something else. And they're just like, oh, no, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. And then, like, <laughs> it is still funny. I don't know why it still makes me laugh, but it's still not funny now, I guess. But yeah. Dan, Dan, Dan Aykroyd just keeps putting burgers on the grill. It's like, because the order is like, orders are coming in he's just saying cheeseburger 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 it's like oh cheeseburger and then putting it down but like it's just all based on like kind of being it's a racist trope of like them not really understanding the their client clientele coming in it does and even going into the black billy goat tavern it, it's it's a it's a cool experience they don't even want you to do that so it's not even yeah. like funny now oh, to them that you God, I'm sure they it. don't want you to do that. I'm sure it's the most annoying you thing. You know what's ever. the most annoying thing going to that place is that you have to put all the toppings on on your burger. So oh, you have poor baby. they give you <laughs> they give you the burger there with like but then you have to it has everything on the side but then you have to put all the stuff on but nobody I else could never. Nobody nobody else does that. And I think they just want to stay like you know, they, they want to be different, and I think I understand why they do that. Yeah, but it but does show still, you how iconic yeah. that sketch is because I, I had never seen it, but I know, you know what cheeseburger, 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 cheeseburger is. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I could still, even now, just thinking about it, it's like cute, but it's still just kind of based upon a bit of a racist, like, oh, stereotype. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? I'm not so I did not grow up in a John Belushi household, actively disliked John Belushi. That's really sad. I think, I mean, he was. I mean, I do really like his sketch, Mini Chocolate Donuts. <laughs> I don't remember that one. The Olympic Diet. It's very funny. It was on this... I grew up with this VHS uh, cassette, SNL Goes Commercial. It's so good. Oh, well, yeah. Does it have Dan Aykroyd doing the commercial, like the, no, the it's bag just glass? <laughs> no, it's just John Belushi. And he's like, like smoking. He's a pole vaulter. Okay, and it's yeah. his diet of mini chocolate donuts. Anyway, mm. but he... It was known for thinking that women were not funny. He didn't think women should be on SNL. He, I mean, when he was working with one of, arguably, one of the funniest women ever alive, Gilda Radner. I mean, so, and that was my dad's favorite, so. Oh, Gilda's great. Yeah, so we didn't like John Belushi, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I see why, but I also still love him. I still, I mean, he just... He's a ridiculous individual. Yeah. I mean, you could you could see he his. He created an entire form of comedy. He did. I mean, he literally had the. the I mean, I don't know if I mentioned in the last one that he has the he had the number one movie uh-huh. album. Yeah. And uh, TV show. Yeah, because then I mentioned <laughs> Jennifer yeah. Lopez. Yeah. Which was the first. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, my number. Oh, are you done? Sorry. No. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, my number seven is really gonna piss 
my family off. What is it? The Californians. Oh, my God. Oh, I love it. California. Oh, shout out to Uncle Frank, his favorite. Oh. My uncle's a big John Mulaney oh. fan, too. Um, yeah. No, it's his... My dad loved it. It is... I'm not a Fred Armisen California. fan, okay? I love Fred Armisen. Bill Hader Fred breaks Armisen every single time. He know. made a noise Good for in you. response to a thing I did. That's cool as shit. <laughs> um, so it's it's just typical stereotypical California people it's a soap opera Kristen Wiig was always in it Bill Hader Fred Armisen was the creator uh, Kenan Thompson was the surfer dude Vanessa Bayer was the maid and then uh, rotating people uh, but they got it from so the cast, obviously, on the weekends while they're filming, they go out to L.A. to take meetings and everything. And then when they would come back to SNL to do a table read and meet with Lorne, they were always waiting for Lorne to make the... He was always, like, 20 minutes late. So they'd ask about their trips to L.A. And Fred Armisen was like... It came from, like, well, I went to the hotel... To drive from the hotel to the studio, I would take Santa Monica Boulevard and Pico and... Should I just let her out? So the idea came from when Fred Armisen, they would come back from being out in L.A. for the weekend taking meetings, and they'd come back to SNL um, and talk about their weekend in L.A. while they were waiting for Lorne Michael to join the table read. He was always, like, 20 minutes late. So Fred Armisen would take on the California accent and be like, I, t you know, the going from the hotel to the studios, saying all the different streets that he took. And then, that then became a bit where he would enter the meetings after being in LA and go, what are you doing here? Which is the famous line. It's like a southern accent. I can't do accents, you know this. Anyway, um. <laughs> what are you, no, it's like, what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. that's good, yes. Which California just is like this, like, kind of like, that, and it was like, always about drawn out. It's, it's, it is a weird similarity to Southern, sort of. Not really, but like yeah. uh, California. Here we come. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's, like that. Yeah. it was always but about Southern, validating parking or Go valley. Take the wait. What are the what are highways in California? Because I don't remember what you're saying. Like take the I to La Brea to, to La Brea Tar Pit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think it was funny, but they also they did draw. They it did out. a lot of sketch. Like they, drew it, it, out. they, it was almost on every week. Yeah. And then I rewatched the one this morning with Josh Brolin as the host, and he is a California boy through and through. He was born in Santa Monica, and his California act, it was so bad. He was so bad in it. They but were he trying did, to push uh, like a. Like, I mean, Calif Southern California has culture, but it like it is more so yeah. movies and all of that, and it's like they're trying so hard to like actually push the culture that they live in, or not even really. Well, they're always there, talking about like, furniture too, and like yeah. decorating. But it is funny that Josh Brolin in his sketch comes as a doctor who's making a house call, and he's like a doctor who's wearing like the Hawaiian shirt and like has a stethoscope around his neck, like. You know, there are no real professionals in California kind of stance. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. just that they don't look like it because they're all, they're yeah. all casual. It's like... 
they don't wear nice stuff. I mean, they do wear nice stuff, but it's like more, it's it's cash. Remember yeah. that when you pack. Oh no, I know. I'm Ugh. very cash. You know, I am not. I'm the opposite. I change into a uniform at the place that shall not be named, <laughs> and I am wearing a very nice outfit right now. I'm all, I'm strictly wearing shorts, and I'm also bringing my Doc Martin sandals. Oh, Those right, Asian right. Doc Martin sandals are very weird. I wore yeah, them once. Perfect. And people were like, what the hell is that? But he, like in California, those will work. They're like I'm saving, very, they're very John Mayer. John Mayer wears those. I'm saving my good stuff for Paris in October. <laughs> anyway, okay. um, but in the Californians, they do mention Zanku chicken a lot, which is my favorite chicken. It's like uh, almost like shawarma. And it has a very, very fascinating murder story. Okay. The owner of Zanku's killed his mom and sister while he was going through colon cancer. What? Oh my god, the story is fascinating. They've created an empire from nothing. What the hell? I know. You well, should... he was. My favorite murders does cancer? a great uh, episode on it. Weird. It's, yeah. Well, let's not. We don't. We're, this is not a murders podcast. Unless we want top ten. Murders. Oh, that will be making. Oh, <laughs> that will definitely be wiggling its way into this pod. And you'll be selecting that. Yes. One. <laughs> it will be a lot. A lot easier than this topic. I just love <laughs> SNL so much. No, I do. Yeah, I do too. Okay. Yeah, even the ones that I've selected, I'm like, I like, I like them still. Oh, my next I like one them. I don't like, but okay. we're, we'll get there. The, like, this is what are we doing. My number five. Number six. Five. Number five. Oh, six. Yeah, six. six. The last one for that. The episode. last one for the episode. <laughs> Which I feel like was a true this, slog of this an episode. One, <laughs> this one was going. To be my number one, but I just wanted to mention it. Okay. Now, um, it's the most iconic sketch. Like it really is. Wayne's World. No. Wait, wait, wait! Give me a clue. I want to guess. You already talked about it. I did. Chippendale audition. Oh no! <gasps> what? I'm going to ruin this for you. Oh no! If you it, like, I watched it again. And thought also thought about how Chris Farley um, talked about it later. Oh, because it's playing on being fat. That's the only thing it's playing on. It literally is like, even within like I love Kevin Nealon so much. He delivers yeah. so well. He's so As underrated. Oh, he's so good. Kevin Nealon's so good. And in Weeds, the show in Weeds. He oh, was that's great right. That. Yeah, he's yeah. great in that show. Um, but like, so so um, what's his name? Patrick Swayze comes on. And does the dance, but then then Chris Farley comes on. Obviously, it's about like they're treating them both like they're like they're equals, you know, you know, auditioning for Chippendales. But obviously, like you know, Chris is much fatter. But that's like the <laughs> whole thing. That is but literally the whole thing. But his dancing is so funny. But it's fun. It's funny. But like later on, he said that it really like didn't make him feel good about himself. Like he I really, know. it made him feel like a whole lot worse. Where he thought, to where he thought, like the way it's it's it all depends on the way people are laughing at something. And it's funny how that goes back to even though like this guy is kind of problematic now, Dave, uh, Dave Chappelle. The whole reason why he shut down his show is that what people are laughing at in it and like. Mm-hmm. All of it, all of this this sketch was just them laughing at how fat he was. Yeah. And that was it. They literally, like, I, I from coming from a chubby boy my whole life, 
I was so, like, I mean, as a kid, at least. Not, like, you look not, so sexy now, baby. Whatever, I'm still fat. But the the, <laughs> the, the, the as a kid, I was so insecure about being chubby that I starved myself. Like I, I like I was it, every like kids are cruel. And it was me being cruel to myself too, because I just didn't want to be chubby anymore, and I was just so insecure about that. But it's like it's what it brought it back for him. Like it felt like he was back as a kid being made fun of for being fat. And even like it, how weird it the the sketch feels after the dance too, to what yeah, Kevin Nealon to what Kevin Nealon is. Si- they that. don't think about it. They just think they about just that think one about little that. bit. And it Kevin is like Nealon's like talking about like explaining to him why they didn't select him, and it's like we thought that you know the older clientele, late lady clientele, would be, uh, you know, would would like that they would see somebody up there that they could identify with, but ultimately, but like the way it was being described, it felt so like weird. It felt it. it Who like, wrote this sketch? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see it. Um, it might have been. It might. I, f- I wonder if he came up with the idea or Lauren. if someone else did. It was probably somebody else, but I, I don't think it was Lauren. It might have actually been um, Mike. Mike Myers. Michael Myers. Mike Myers. Yeah, Mike Myers. No. Um, but his he was also <laughs> Mike there. Myers. Yeah, Mike Myers. Um, he was also in it, but he didn't even talk that much in it. But it just right. like watching that again. It was like in knowing how Chris felt about it. It was so. It just felt so creepy the end of it because he was like kind of wiping himself off and like he was pretending to look like happy but you could tell Chris Farley was was like upset it was kind of weird Jim Downey Robert Smigel and Al Franken wrote that sketch yeah I could see that it sucks I do like Al Franken and Robert Smigel I like him too no but I he doesn't even have writing credits on this sketch. That's yeah. really shitty. Yeah. And it it's, you know, when you compare it to Matt Foley, I Live in a Van Down by the River, which that character was so well-written and yeah, so funny. So and he used his body as a tool for comedy that wasn't about him being fat, but about him being unhinged as yeah. this character. <laughs> his, That's his, yeah. real comedy. I like that. I like I like that you said that because most of what Chris Farley was was just being unhinged, but just on top of it, it was he that he was he was chubby, you know. Yeah. Like, other than even though fat guy, I did select fat guy in a little coat, and that was him. But that was him making fun of himself. He was the, the person making fun of himself with David Spade. Yeah. Or, like behind the scenes, and that was a real life with him, and thing. that was a real life thing while they, you know. Or like that very iconic, uh, I think he was on the Letterman show, when he came running through the crowd like a uh, Price is Right kind of crowd member. Mm. And like his entrance onto the stage, onto the couch, was so physically demanding. And it wasn't about him, again, that wasn't about him being fat. That was about him being unhinged. Yeah. Like, go, have you ever seen that clip? I think so. It's yeah. well worth the rewatch. I just rewatched it, like, this year. It's so good. Also, the, uh, it was a Phil Hartman one where he's like. Love Phil. <laughs> oh, I know. Phil Hartman's so Oh, my great. God. His E True Hollywood story. Imagine how much more stuff, like, like Phil, Phil Hartman yeah. was, like, hitting his stride when he got. One of the (laughs) funniest. So I used to on on Saturday mornings, I used to wake up before everyone, and it's when the vintage, like the the real E true Hollywood stories were on at like six AM in the morning. I was like 
eight watching the Phil Hartman each one story. <laughs> it's fascinating. But it yeah, is. he was great. Yeah, but the the sketch where he was like feeding him a certain food, it was in like a it was a restaurant and then Chris Farley was like, This is not I forget what the food was, but like this is not the food and he was like and he got like so upset that everybody had to like hold him down he was like and he was like throwing people around I forgot what it was I gotta, or I gotta the, watch I thought you were on a diet that oh, one what was it remember oh, when yeah, they- like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> shout I'm out to starving. my sister-in-law Noel that's her favorite <laughs> oh he was like oh it was uh, it was David Spade I'm, like, I'm starving I'm <laughs> starving like we all dress up like Eating the fries, uh, yeah. But whenever but that was a fat joke, but still, I know. But you know. no, there is. But whenever people are silly dancing, or there's interpretive dance or something, and you just stop dancing, pull yourself together into a tiny little thing, and then start crazy dancing again, I think of that Chippendales sketch because he does that so beautifully. Yeah, I mean, it's just his dancing, but he just did yeah. it without a shirt on, and yeah, he just. He That's just felt like good. that one was the worst for him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. La- there's layers to that one. <laughs> layers Layer. to all of mine, really. Layers of fat. Oh wow. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to therapy now. What's up? <laughs> all right, number What's six. Yours? Everybody, this is the last you're gonna have to hear about my hatred for this person. Number six are all the quote unquote vils originating with. Come on down to Omelettville. Oh, yeah. Come on down. <laughs> All right. This is I the mean, Justin Timberlake cute. sketch. Yeah, it was cute. Um, Paula Pell wrote this sketch for JT. Paula Pell, the who one I that? mentioned. Wait, who was that? Say it again. You don't listen. I do. <laughs> she is the SNL writer who created the Spartan Cheerleaders. Oh, the yeah. Gilly. That makes sense. Yeah, the um, the opera couple. Yeah. So she created Omeletteville, which then turned into Homelessville, Plasticville, Veganville, Liquorville, Rappinville. Okay. So one, two, three, four, six times mm-hmm. they had Justin Timberlake in a costume doing this dumb sketch. And I just, just, just um, rewatched it before we recorded. Chris Parnell is the straight guy in it, the bacon and eggs. Chris Parnell is one of the most underrated cast members. Oh, I love Chris Parnell. I well, he's love. Get, he's getting that money on uh, on Rick and Morty, though. Oh, I didn't even know he was on that. Yeah, he's, a, he's the father. Okay, good, good. He's a, yeah, he does a lot of voiceover stuff just because he has such like, a distinctive voice. voice. Yeah, um, I mean, he did do Lazy Sunday, so he has that. I almost picked Lazy Sunday until I watched it again. It's like, it's good. I know. Good. See, that's a... I know you I love know Dick in a it. Box. I mean, yeah. That almost made fun. the list. Yeah. Um, but really, all the Lonely Island videos are really good. Yeah. yeah. Then I rewatched the Natalie Portman one, too. Yeah, she's it's, just, it's funny. Yeah, it's good. It's not... The Stepmoms one is good. You know, they... Uh, T-Pain song. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. See, that <laughs> almost made it, too. It's just... There are some other ones, but... See, that's like a ones. 2000s era. Yes. Like, it's distinct, I feel like, you know, with Lonely Island stuff. But 2010s to now, nothing. Nothing, really. Let me think. Oh, you know why? Because it's littered with Kate McKinnon. Oh. 
We didn't even pick a Kate McKinnon. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> she will be appearing in yeah, the next okay. episode. Don't yeah. you worry. Can we just pick a, like a commercial that she's been in? And oh, God. What is it? A T-Mobile in. or something? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Like or a, Ghostbusters yeah. or... Oh, God. Yeah. Um, she actually... I would take Amy Poehler over Kate McKinnon. Yeah, I would too, yeah. People love... Do people actually... I know they really love they Amy Poehler, but do people actually really like... Yeah. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. They love that alien sketch. That's not the one that's on my list. The alien sketch is good. I know, because I I couldn't put that on my list, because the first one, I think Ryan Gosling was the host for the first one. It is truly, and my girl Cecily Strong, love you. She's really good at being disgusting, really. Yeah, well, that's it. She plays the the lesbian couple with the cats. Yeah. I mean, she plays the same character, just like when Mm -hmm. Melissa McCarthy would host. It's the same character. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, it's just, it, like, her Ruth Bader Ginsburg, it's very annoying. I I could only put her, I only put her on once. She's funny. But, yeah, she's not as Did funny as Did anyone watch her as Carol Baskins? Did anyone watch that scripted series about Tiger King? Oh, you never, so. what, you never watched the documentary. I never watched even Tiger King, no. I didn't, I didn't want to. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, terrible. Yeah, Okay. All right, well, uh, is this All right, the we end got, of this Yeah, we episode? got through it, Alex. We did. I know we were worried, but we and got through a, it. And Addie an was hour. very annoying. No, she's okay now. Yeah, of course, we're done. <laughs> 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 but I am late to going to the place that shall not be named. No. Oh, God. Two more weeks and then vacation. All right. Well, we're yeah. going to have the second one out when? Uh, let's record in two days. Let's do it. Uh, tomorrow is... Wednesday, Thursday, we'll record. Cool. Well, I'm glad everybody is listening, still listening with us. Yes, thank yeah. you. We got some new listeners. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> love you so much. You do? Yeah. I love you. I love you, too. You're my... <laughs> God. Woof. You're my schmoopy. <laughs> You're my schmoopy. Bye, everybody.